Hello, this is Dave Rayburn. And I'm Eugene Edwards, and this is the Jukebox Graduate. The Singles episodes, episode four. Right. So little bite-sized chunks um, for your enjoyment and nutritional um value value i guess so uh we we've been off for uh about a month which is our usual interval you know when we do our regular full-length episodes best, yeah right so um we the, the intention with singles was to try to uh get out weekly mini episodes uh to keep y'all company uh during this time and uh we were able to get a few out and then some things happened on my end so let me kind of uh, explain what happened here. But first, actually, I want to I want to go to uh, the email bag because we did get a an email I wanted to read. Um, Gene, you haven't heard this one yet, so um, it's from. No, I, I I didn't know we kept our emails in a bag. I print them out and then I, I gently <laughs> place them in a pillowcase, uh, which you know that's if you can imagine that. Uh, this is from uh, Stephen Stratton. Uh, you guys meet deadlines like a couple musicians. <laughs> Makes me hope you're okay. Dave, love your warbly version of one-way ticket. Also, kudos for seemingly endless patience for dealing with Gene's unending and highly entertaining interruptions. Gene, what do I have to do to get my hands on a copy of A Week of Sundays? I was supposed to be seeing you guys in Albany, Georgia in about a week, but dot, dot, dot. Thanks for the podcast. I enjoy them all. So, Stephen, thank you for that. Uh, and, and since you were addressing, you know, the hope you're okay thing, um, this is kind of what went down in about the last month or so. Um, obviously, we're all dealing with a pretty major change in our lives. All of our lifestyles are affected. A lot of people's um, way of making a living have definitely been impacted. Um, all of us are being impacted in some way. Um, and then just the, the the news that trickles in. So, like, for example, we've talked about this before. I'm, I'm a big John Prine fan. And so... Yeah. Um, John Prine passed away a few weeks back due to COVID-19. And it was just a huge, um, huge hit to me. Um, and I, I dove into a lot of his music again, which was the best way I could feel to deal with it, to embrace all that that made me feel good over the years. And it was there for me again. Um, Adam Schlesinger from uh, Fountains of Wayne also passed away. Fantastic yeah. songwriter. Uh, that Thing You Do, if you guys know that movie, he wrote that uh, unforgettable tune. So when you know them, I mean, when you know who they are and they're they're a part of your your fabric, um, it it does hurt. And so I kind of it kind of put me in a little bit of a mood. And it, then I get a call from work that I've been partially furloughed down to two days a week. And within a week of that, my girlfriend told she was going to be furloughed in a, in a way where she's going to be working a couple weeks and then off for like a month and then maybe coming wow. back for a couple weeks. So so instantly. My thought process is home and finances, you know, like, what are we going to do here? Um, what's a strategy? What can we do to build a safeguard? And so I instantly just start thinking about, you know, are there other ways that I can get some income coming in on the side to help build a little bit of a cushion? What's my game plan for unemployment? Do I have paid time off that I can um, start cashing out as well as a cushion? But once I started seeing a lot of things that affected the industry that I work in, which I mean, I'm in, yeah. in you as well. So I'm, I'm, I totally know you're off the road right now. So, I mean, I'm, this is affecting everybody and I am no, by no means trying to say, here's my pity party. Everybody come. Cause I am not the only one, you know, like everyone's affected on different levels. But uh, as far as the entertainment industry is concerned, 
you know, I work for a company that's in wholesale distribution of audio and video product. And um, so we supply mom and pop record stores and the big chains and, you know, all that stuff out there. But a lot of those places have closed temporarily. And um, and then we started to see everything just come to sort of a grinding halt, which is why I got the call on the partial furlough. So my concern is like, how soon can everything get back to normal? So, you know, or what there is no certain you know, end game on this. So we're just kind of playing it day by day. So it kind of sent me into a, a little bit of a, a depressionary period. And so I tried to throw myself into some other projects to keep busy and keep productive. And, uh, one of which I started working on some of my own music. We started painting our house. Um, yeah. actually we, we painted the interior of our house over the course of a week. And, um, you you can actually see a clip of that in, um, in the new Bob Schneider video for the song 40 dogs. He actually, um, he put together a new recording, a bluegrass recording of that song and invited people to show what they're doing during their stay at home period. Oh, how clever. And so there's this, uh, there's this clip of me, uh, painting a wall, <laughs> which is, and people are dancing and stuff and I'm painting a wall. It's really fun. But anyway, so doing things like that to kind of keep busy and to get through things. And, um, after, you know, after a few weeks, um, I just didn't really have the energy to like come back and, and be legitimately positive, uh, and, until I felt it was time, you know, so I'm trying to conjure that up right now. Um, so forgive me for the, for taking a little bit of the break. Um, this is a pretty real situation for all of us. And it, uh, it managed to, um, seep its way under my skin, uh, in the last few weeks. And so I'm just just trying to deal with it like everyone else. And the idea is to get back to the positivity, the music, what makes us feel good. And um, anyway, so uh, I hope everyone is doing well out there. Um, I, 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 I know it's difficult and, uh, and I hope you're all dealing with it just fine. And, uh, and you too, Gene. Um, what I'd like to do, if we can just get back into that positivity, um, we had a request a little bit ago, Gene. Um, it's a song called "A Week of Sundays." Uh huh. What can you tell us about this, and why does this why does this listener know about this song and desperately need a copy of it? Well, I well, first of all, I don't know how. Uh, uh, and, and may I speak? I don't want to interrupt and offend Steve Stratton, whatever his name is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the email, Steve. That, that that's very uh, that's really really nice of you. Um, I don't know. You know, there is uh, on YouTube, there's a video of the, me, my old band performing it, I think at the cinema. Um, I think so years ago uh, I did, I went in and made a second record. Um, and as opposed to it, the first one was basically me playing all the instruments uh, except for drums. And then when it came time to make a second one, I, I actually had a band or, you know, several people who had been in the band and I wanted to have them all on it. So, mm. um, and then by the time we recorded it, uh, just there was a, just, it didn't feel like the time to put it out. I certainly couldn't have afforded. There was no label situation, um, and this was long, long enough. You know, this is going so far back that that still would have been a consideration. Um, things hadn't transformed to the complete digital uh, reality that we're in now. Yeah. So, um, an independent artist such as myself would have had to have sustained himself on the road to, to promote record and things, and it just was not going to be. Um, possible at the time and so with all things considered it was just it, i just i just never put it out and uh although at the time i remember kind of questioning what what did it mean to even put out an album anymore 
And so it's because this was around 2007, I suppose, it was completed. So this was a while ago. Well, yeah, you were like ahead of the curve there as far as the uh, do we just put out songs or do we put out an album kind of thinking? Yeah, we we're kind of thinking about that way. So this, so but it seems I like that phrase week of Sundays. I feel like I heard it. Like I was listening to some sports radio and and like a uh, like a golf. Someone I think it was a golfer uh, used that phrase. And um, no, no, I just kind of like that kind of weird, loopy, suspended feeling. And I wrote a song, uh, quickly wrote a song based on that phrase. Now, of course, the phrase seems rather prescient. Oh, it's yeah. easy to do that now because we've, we've, we've all got this new reality. And, <laughs> yeah. and we, we start using hindsight. Um, so, that's, so that's the song. And we recorded two different versions. What you're going to hear is the the full band version of it. Um, okay. The other version we recorded was just a, an, an acoustic version uh, with just, uh, let's see, um, Brian Whelan, John Hoskinson, and myself. Oh, cool. Uh, on guitar. Oh, and, and producer. Uh, everything was produced by Dave Peterson, like he did the first record. Uh-huh. I believe he played a, a guitar on for the bass on the acoustic version, now that I think about it. So it's all coming back to me slowly. Anyway, this, this is the, uh, so yeah, this is the full band version of the theoretical title track to an album that was never put out and I believe you'll hear some female vocals that was uh, and I uh, had um, a great singer named Gia uh, Chimbata uh, who Dave is a Springsteen freak you'd be interested to know that she <laughs> one of the backup singers when uh, when Bruce let go of the E Street band and did that the other band that tour in the early 90s yeah the other band I don't know what they're called I think um, that's what they call so, it <laughs> Uh, anyway, so I guess this is uh, the Eugene Edwards band or Eugene Edwards uh, doing A Week of Sundays. All right. This is for Jukebox graduate Steve, A Week of Sundays.
Oh, that sounded great, Gene. I cannot oh, wait for uh, I cannot wait for that to eventually uh, see the light of day. Maybe on a physical product, maybe not. But hey, Steve, you got it for right now. So, speaking of uh, music and uh, to move away from the past, what are you yep. listening to now, buddy? So the thing that's uh, mostly been in my ears is the new album by Ron Sexsmith, the Canadian singer songwriter. Um, his new album's called Hermitage. That's how I pronounce it because you know I'm, I'm from the street. Yes, you are. Um, yeah, and <laughs> if, if you're familiar with Ron Sexsmith, then then you'll uh, you'll like this record. Yeah. It's it's very much it's mostly in the in the vein of his of his previous records, and he's been around for quite a while. It's like a 16th or 17th album. I don't know. Um, what's funny is. And there are a couple of songs and titles that oddly match the new quarantine reality. He didn't plan it that way. Um, and I guess the significant thing about this record is that he, well, much like I, I did my first record, he, he did the whole thing uh, just with himself and his uh, uh, drummer producer. Um, and uh, so, cause I had no, noticed some really nifty guitar playing on it and it turns out that it was, it's all Ron. Um, oh, wow. And there's certain aspects of it that immediately reminded me of uh, the Kinks, in particular their late '60s, early '70s period. Um, you know that Muswell Hillbillies, um, Village Green, yeah, where the Kinks get a little more acoustic. Um, I wouldn't call it quite countryish, but there is you know the, the the sharper edges were taken off at that point in their in their career. Um, I guess the the story here is that Ron Sexsmith and his wife had been living in Toronto for a very long time, and they moved out to a smaller place in Ontario. And you know, for the first time, he's had a yard. Um, he's in a small town, and I, I guess that kind of lent itself to this slightly more eh, pastoral uh, viewpoint. I stumbled down the mountainside, all crowded in that star. But it, it, it makes me wonder, or not makes me wonder, but it makes me think about a certain time in rock history, that late 60s, early 70s period, where virtually every band or artist had that kind of that acoustic-ish or getting back to, you know, getting back to basics album, whether it be, you know, the Beatles kind of attempted that would let it be. Um, the, uh, the the Rolling Stones kind of went towards acoustic stuff with the uh, Beggar's Banquet record. Yeah, Grateful Dead did it with uh, Working Man's Dead and American Beauty, you know, coming coming out of those psychedelic records and then going to those stripped-down acoustic type right. settings. And the, and, and the Kinks did it, even Humble Pie did it, yeah. I mean, even pretty hard-rocking bands. Um, so the history on how that movement happened is pretty interesting, I think, because it, it, it essentially starts with the... Uh, the recordings that Bob Dylan and the band did up in Woodstock, um, the material that we mostly know is the basement the basement tapes. tapes yeah. Uh, Dylan was not going to be performing live anymore. No plans on touring and no plans on even making a record uh, around that time when he's kind of hiding out in Woodstock. So his manager uh, kind of is trying to figure out some sort of income stream and takes those recordings and sends them to publishers, particularly in, in London to see if he can get some of these tunes covered. Yeah. The idea is like, okay, so this is how, uh, Manfred Mann ends up getting Quinn. Correct. And, uh, I can't remember who the, it was a male, female duo that, that did, uh, this was on fire and it ended up being the, 
the the theme song to absolutely fabulous we, we hear that anyway um so that's also a lot of that those tapes were, were floating around england and, and obviously being sent to not just publishers and the publishers were sending them to various artists and a lot of those artists some of them didn't go on to cover any of that material but they were inspired to kind of do this back to the country vibe that they were getting from the leader of that generation being bob dylan yeah and, and this had a legacy. I mean, this really goes on for quite a while. A lot of bands um, and artists really, they, they just kind of got back to, you know, they would do a blues record or a country record or, um, and it's just funny how it, it just shows that outsized influence that Dylan had uh, at that time. Even when he was doing nothing or n- nothing publicly anyway. Yeah. He, he yeah, the entire, yeah. The an entire generation pivots artistically based on that, you know? And so, um, so that's what this, this record kind of reminds me of, of that period of all those musicians mm-hmm. kind of going back to a simpler thing, you know? Um, but, but it being Ron Sexton, there's still some pretty ornate pop flourishes, but, um, but it's a real enjoyable listen. And the thing I'm, I'm, I haven't heard yet, but I'm excited to, because I, I, I seem to have heard and read so much about it is the new Fiona Apple. Yeah. Record, which I think you have heard. Yes. What can you tell me? Uh, well, it's called, I believe it's called Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Uh, yeah. It's, you know what, this is like people, I, I saw people posting about this um, right when it dropped. It was kind of a surprise release. Um, I think it was actually scheduled to come out later in the year, but I think the decision was made during this stay-at-home period. Let's get something out there now. Let's just push it out now. It's It's digitally ready. The physical product wasn't, I don't believe, ready yet. And with everything kind of shutting down, I, I, I believe even pressing plants uh, have been affected by this as well. So I'm not sure what, when they're on track to get the physical product out there. But they they rushed the digital out. And then immediately I started seeing like my Facebook feed lighting up with album of the year, album of the year. This is this wow. is this is hot. And, uh, you know, I, I put it on and I, I got to admit, it's it's nobody. Nobody's making records like this right now. Um, it, it's. Kind of hard to explain, but this is not like you know, your typical verse, chorus, verse kind of record. Um, there's a lot of intricacies uh, involved here, and a lot of uh, a lot of personal writing from her standpoint. Whether it's um, from her past, finding herself coming of age, getting older, um, the relationships she's formed. Um, lyrically, there's some really, really good stuff in here, and musically, it's all over the place. And your strike may have been exact, but you know that you never really go to the mat. You tie everything up ready in the second act. When you know that it didn't go exactly like that, you arrive and drive by like a soft stuff bat. Like you know you should know, but you don't know where it's at. Like you know you should know, but you don't know where it's at. Like you know you should know, but you don't know where it's at. You arrive and drive by like a soft stuff bat. Like you know you should know, but you don't know where it's at. You arrive and drive by like a soft stuff bat. Like you know you should know, but you don't know where it's at. And it's yeah, it's it's really it's just hard to explain, but it's it's Fiona Apple. So I mean, that's pretty much that's that's a starter right there if you're familiar with her music. Um, but she's definitely it's a it's a soapbox kind of a record too, you know, which is how she's always been. But yeah, it's musically, it's just it's something very different and fresh. And uh, you know, I, I've I've listened to it over and over and. Just like with that Dylan single that came out uh, about a month and a half back, you know, it's like I, 
okay, first listen. All right. All right. And then next one, I'm discovering more things and I'm, I'm just feeling new, new things about it. And, uh, anyway, so with this record, uh, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, whether you're a fan or not, just check it out to see how different it is from other records that are coming out at this time. And do you find yourself when you're listening to new material now, even though you know it was written and, and, and recorded before the quarantine, do you find yourself almost listening to it in reference to the quarantine? I don't think I've done that yet, with the exception of the handful of songs that have been Rush released that were written about this. Um, yeah. There there are, uh, let's see, I think Pete Yorn just put out a track. uh <sighs> there's a handful of artists that have actually put out songs that are specifically about this situation. And those I'll take those in the stride that they're made for, but with anything yeah. else here, I'm not totally sure. Um, I, I, I'm not there yet to where, or if I will be there as far as taking them that way. Um, but it's hard to say. I mean, I think just like, you know, John Lennon uh, said in that imagine film, you know, when the homeless guy came up to his house, the guy guy felt that a particular song was talking to him. And <laughs> he says, you know, I, I, I could have been talking about anything. I could have been singing about Yoko that day or somebody else or some, or just made something up. It, it's, you know, people can take things how they want to take them and ba maybe based on how they're feeling at the time or what they're going through, they may grab onto a song and say, this is, this captures my moment right now, you know? Mm -hmm. And so some people may be doing that based on the stay at home thing. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, that's a whole topic into itself, like art that's being made addressing the virus and the quarantine. And I feel as though we, it, you know, we should almost give that a lot more time. Although that's why hip hop yeah. is well suited to it, though, because it's it's always been music of the moment. We may have yeah. already talked about this, yeah. but mm -hmm. um, you know, like uh, during the uh, in the, in the 2000s when we went to. I, uh, Iraq, the best movies about that situation had nothing, they, they were not war movies that took place in the Middle East. It was things like There Will Be Blood or Michael Clayton, things that, movies that kind of were about this this corporatization of violence and warfare and, and how it affects us. It was awesome. And I think that, and sometimes the, the, you know, sometimes the better, um, the art about a subject is never it doesn't take place directly in that in the context of that subject yeah. it usually uses a metaphor and i wonder i'm kind of assuming that it'll happen with film and television once people can go back to producing things in mass uh or in groups it will we'll, we'll see this time reflected but not not just yet have you been watching anything uh during this time or have you just been staying busy at the house and then and working with fender and staying busy at the house is the thing we 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 restrict our watching things to the weekends we'll watch okay. a movie as a family and i think that helps uh especially for for our daughter helps provide the feeling of a weekend yeah um, oh that's important you know, that's super and back to the week of sundays uh feeling that i think some people get um but uh, but I'll tell you what I've been busy with. Yes, still doing the uh, the Fender shows. Mm -hmm. I just did one on Wednesday. Talk about a release coming up at the end of May that is pretty darn good. Neon Cross by Jamie Wyatt. Uh, keep an eye out for that one. Okay. Uh, I'm sure. I think some of those songs are already out online. Uh, it's her second record. She's now based in Nashville. Uh, we've known a lot of people in common over the years. Uh, she's a, an Americana country singer, and. Um, the album's produced by Shooter Jennings. Uh, oh, cool. and, and so it's got all the usual Sussex on it. And at this point, I would say it's it's of the high quality that you should expect when I say it's produced by Shooter Jennings. Mm -hmm. um, great, great classic country movement. The, the title track, Dave, you like this. I, the second I heard it, the first chord, when you first 
hear the first downbeat of this record, I immediately thought of and, and instantly assumed Shooter meant for this to happen. Sounds like the very first downbeat of Dave, Dave Edmonds' version of Girls Talk. Everything about, I just thought it sonically matched it almost to a T. Uh, and it's a great, you know, pop rock, roots rock mix and uh, a great, great vocal by Jamie on it. Mm -hmm. And she, we did a, it was a, the episode on Wednesday was about Dolly Parton. Oh, right. Yeah, and, uh, you know, focused on the, on the songwriting styles of, and it was great because Jamie was able to do, you know, perform full Dolly songs. Yeah. And uh, it was a very easy episode to host because I just had to sit back and, right, and enjoy let, it. Let her perform. It was, it was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's archived, right? The, the Dolly yeah, episode. Yes. You can okay. find that. Yeah. You can find that on YouTube easily. And also uh, every couple of Fridays I'll host a show uh, for Fender called At Home With, and it's for the Fender Facebook community only. So if you're a subscriber to the Fender Play um, lesson thing and you have a Facebook community, you can watch it. And it's kind of like comedians in cars getting coffee, but with guitar players. And so um, recently I hosted John Osborne of Brothers Osborne. Yeah. And uh, he's a really funny guy and has an incredible collection of guitars, including including a 1954 Fender Esquire that is pretty certainly believed to be the guitar that Don Rich used on Buckaroo. Oh, no kidding. And he has. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the amazing thing is that he got it before Marty Stewart bought it. That's actually the real amazing thing. Um, and, and he shows off that guitar. He, he picks it up. He plays it. Um, a really funny moment. I have to, to tell this story because most people won't, will not have seen this because this is not archived for, for, because it's a community only thing. But towards the end, uh, after I'm paying them tons of compliments, he thanks me and he starts paying me lots of compliments. And he, he, he talks about the first time he saw me perform. Hmm. And he said it was at the Ryman, you know, I went to see Dwight. I just moved to Nashville. I was really excited, you know, and then he mentioned, uh, you know, Dave Rowe was on bass. And, the, 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 and with that one detail, I know for a fact that it wasn't me. <laughs> I wasn't in Dwight's band yet when Dave Bro was up playing bass for, Oops. for Dwight. I, <laughs> now, here's the worst thing. We're live, and he's just paying compliment after compliment in my name, and I know he's not thinking of me. You should say, let me let me get him on the line real quick. Hang on. <laughs> These are for him. <laughs> so, so what do you do? Um, so I let him finish, and then I just said, I said, John, you're such a sweet guy. And of course, you have such a great sense of humor <clears throat> that uh, I feel comfortable doing this now. But uh, that wasn't me. I, I just called him on it because I, I couldn't sit there and take the compliment. There'd be, to be somebody out there who knew that he was mistaken. He was thinking of Eddie Perez, of course. You waited till he was done, though. <laughs> I wait that. that way that, that way somehow somebody could could relay the compliments to eddie because everything right. he was saying was heartfelt it just wasn't heartfelt about me um <laughs> so that was a really fun moment uh because i knew he could take it and wouldn't be genuinely hurt or embarrassed yeah. and uh but uh that was a, a nice little live moment there and and possibly uh that could have been my name drop segment right there because i mentioned uh, oh there you go that's right john osborne yeah nice to get that out of the way <laughs> 
Also, if I may mention, there's another yes. thing that I've, I've uh, become <clears throat> it's starting to take up some of my time and I'm happy to do it is uh, I'm giving guitar lessons via something called live lesson masters. If you go to live lesson masters, their website, you'll see me and you can, um, you can book me for uh, a guitar lesson. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I get to ask the people, the students well, so far, but, uh, <laughs> but it, it has been in any level with your a beginner. I've had people who just kind of really started and other people who have been playing for some time. They're, they want to kind of stretch out into a different style or, or some people just want to, they've been playing for a while, but they don't know their theory mm-hmm. and they want to, you know, pick up the vocabulary of the theory so they can kind of understand what they've, what they've been doing all along. I'm more than happy to help. So uh, take a look at that. Yeah. So how is that done? Is that, is that sort of like how everybody's doing zoom and stuff now where Zoom's. it's just computer to mm-hmm. computer? Yeah, it's great. You do everything through live lesson uh, masters and okay. uh, all the administration is on that set. And then the, it's a zoom setup and, and um, we do about an hour. And we'll post that online as well so people can find it. So I've been uh, listening to some music and watching some music. Uh, First of all, I, I for some reason, got onto like a W.C. Fields kick on YouTube. (laughs) And I can't explain that. I think it was it was the way to cleanse my palate after watching Looking for Mr. Goodbar the night previous. That ending. Oh, my God. So anyway, I got I got on this W.C. Fields kick and uh, that led me. To, you know, because like YouTube will send you down the rabbit hole. They'll recommend other videos and stuff. And so this one video comes up that uh, it's it's somebody had put together a music video using clips from old movies, which I think is how it showed up in the feed. But it was um, it was an old Cajun song um, by uh, Joe Falcon and Cleoma Bro, um, there. Uh-huh. which were like, you know, sort of the Cajun originators as far as, you know, mm-hmm. they were the, they were the first to release uh, a commercial Cajun recording. And, um, and so anyway, I started watching a bunch of these and I fell in love with some, I mean, I, I've already, I was aware of them, but I think it was the right time for me to, you know, fall in love with some music again. And it, it, to me, it, it directly relates back to, I told you I was listening to a lot of Daniel Lenoir to find a comfort zone and, mm. and, and a lot of his music, uh, not all of it, but I mean, um, some of his music on his record, his albums are a direct mirror of the Cajun influence that, that definitely shows yeah. up. And so for me, it was easy to go back. And I, I love, of course, listening to those old scratchy recordings from the, the late twenties, early thirties. So I found myself uh, listening to a lot of that. And uh, specifically one song in particular that came back that I was already a favorite of mine, but it showed up in the feed and I just kind of looped it over and over. It's uh, Ma, now I'm probably going to slaughter this Ma Blonde Es Partie, which was the original version um, of what a lot of people know as Jolie Blonde. So fun. It, it is. It's <laughs> anyway. I just fell in love with it all over again, and it it, it started to make me feel better, which um, was what I needed. And uh, so, excellent on a big Cajun kick. So. Get into some of that if you if you need a little. Um, good call. Yeah, it's a good call as a genre that'll pull you out of something. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah Cajun music, and it's just just beautiful music. It's just really fun, powerful music. Yeah. 
Uh, some, so it, today is New Music Friday. It is a Friday. And uh, there are new releases. Um, not a ton this week, but uh, worth noting, there's a new one by Don Bryant, a uh, soul singer. Um, also, uh, there's a new one by Mark Lanigan. Yeah. A brand new single, uh, the third recent new single by Bob Dylan. Uh, it's a song called False Prophet. And along with that came the announcement of a new double album called Rough and Rowdy Days, due out June 19th. Now, this features, the reason it's a double album it's ten. Okay, it's, it's, got that it's got that song. No, it's it's ten. <laughs> it's ten songs total across two LPs, and yeah, it does include the eighteen minute long. Um, why is it escaping me? Murder most foul. That's going to get an official physical release, which is pretty cool. But, the, but yeah, nine other uh, new Dylan tracks, and uh, also uh, a couple new releases that just suddenly showed up. Uh, Dead Rock West uh, finally released their album Glitter and Gold, which is sort of a companion piece to It's Everly Time that came out about four or five years back. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of great players on that album, and these are some alternate versions of songs from that record and songs that didn't make the cut. And I think there's even a new song uh, that, frankly, Drennan wrote with Exine Cervenka. Oh, by the way, you can get that on Bandcamp. That came out May 1st. Uh, but speaking of Exine, uh, yeah. X just dropped a new album called Alphabet Land. It's the first album with the original lineup in decades. Like, uh, Yeah, easily. Yeah, with Billy Zumbag and all new songs. Uh, fantastic stuff. That's coming out through uh, Fat Possum. Um, but you can go to oh. Bandcamp. Yes. I have a second name drop segment. Bring it on. Weeks ago, very early into the quarantine, I'd say like even the first week into the quarantine, uh, my family and I we were walking in our neighborhood, and um, uh, getting out of his car was DJ Bonebright. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. I know you're a big fan, so was, I just, was, and then, it just occurred to me right now. I just got to wave to him. Was he was yeah. he was he juggling apples? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, uh, no. Hi, this is DJ Bonebreak, and whenever I'm not sitting around juggling apples, I listen to the jukebox. Graduate. So anyway, the big release that got my attention this week, uh, as of this morning, um, is by El Michel's Affair. Uh, they have a new album called Adult Themes, and it's primarily instrumental. It's the, the only vocals on it are sort of scat type vocals, and that's uh, that's prominent on this particular one right here. This is uh, this one called Enfant. <laughs> Great, great track, great female vocal on there. Um, anyway, it's very. They've always had very catchy uh, musical elements. A lot of uh, soul and funk inspired stuff. Um, and and previous records have had some stuff with hip hop beats. And and uh, anyway, if you're not familiar, check them out. The new record is called Adult Themes, and uh, this is uh, the album of the week for me. Um, Good for you. Oh, so beyond that, um, I did mention in the last episode that we were going to come back and talk about. Uh, some more things that we were maybe streaming, watching, and I don't mm-hmm. think we're going to have enough time to do that this time, but maybe we can throw it into the next one. But I did hint then, and I'll hint again right now, uh, we will talk a little bit about uh, Hulu's High Fidelity uh, TV oh, yeah. show, which runs 10 episodes long. 
Meanwhile, just go check it out and then we'll come back and talk uh, maybe in the next okay. episode about it, because that's I know that's a, a special spot for you and I as far as the book and the film. And now there's the TV show. And it's something yep. that can take up some of your time right now. Um, if you need a little bit of an escape, it's it's well done. Um, we all do. So that's uh, that's what I got for this week. Gene, do you have anything else? No, that's it for me, everybody. Just just everybody keep safe. This episode, as always, has been brought to you by Satellite Amplifiers. Go to SatelliteAmps.com. Yesterday's technology, today. All right. Thank you, Satellite Amps. Uh, also, guys, I, I won't go through the whole uh, laundry list, but you know where to find us. If you're here listening to us, you've found us already. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. <laughs> um, we're all over the place. So um, do us a favor. Spread us around a little bit. Tag a friend, you know, send a link and tag some friends that you think would would enjoy this show on Facebook. Invite people to, to come like our page. Um, we want to get out there and, and spread it around and uh, and keep the happiness happening. And uh, we want to keep on doing this as long as we can. So once again, this is Dave Rayburn. And I'm Eugene Edwards. And this has been the Jukebox Graduate. Singles, episode four. Singles, episode four.